Okay, hi, this is Elliot Fisherman. I am live. Uh, it's uh, 7 a.m. in the morning, East Coast time, and uh, obviously on Thursdays we always have Facebook Live. It's usually noon, but we thought we would try and see what times might be better for people. So we did last week at 7 a.m. We'll do this week 7 a.m., and perhaps we'll try a few weeks at 5 p.m. I'm in my home office because the timing was such that it was easier I'm always at work by a little before seven, but I thought I'd just do it from home, do a little bit of uh, housekeeping work and uh, on, on the website and then go back in. Anyway, I'm in my office. You can see all of my guys in the back there. People often ask, what's all the stuff I have back here? Uh, let's grab this one. This is from January 30th, 2010 from SNL. That's the SNL, um, that's actually the show. That's the, uh, the script. Right, that's the whole program, and the, who was it? There was John Hamm was the host, and Michael Bublé was the uh, the person, and you can see everybody signed it. And then here, here's another thing. Just this is from Art Garfunkel, by a Sandy Greenberg, good friend, and it says Elliot with admiration and gratitude. Art Garfunkel, look at that, pretty pretty good. I have to say that. Of course, I could pull things off my wall. And since this is um, Valentine's Month, this is I Love Elliot. This is Taylor Swift at SNL. Oh my God, a long time ago. A long time ago. But what can I tell you? We just have to put that back in my wall there. I won't show the other good stuff I have. That'll be another day. Anyway, this is Valentine's Day, or it was already, whatever. Um, if you remember today, then you probably missed it. But I think what um, we, we decided to do was, okay, well, let's do a theme, and since Valentine's Day, we have a bunch of cardiac stuff. Lily posted a whole bunch of cardiac stuff on uh, Valentine's Day. It was Tuesday, a uh, Monday, rather. We posted a whole bunch of stuff then. We're updating a lot of the cardiac stuff that we have, and I thought I'd just bring you a little bit up to date on cardiac. But before I do that, um, last night at Hopkins, they have a speaker series, and I would love to share that with everybody. And we do write the articles in JACR. Um, we do it on Zoom. I'm just always a little afraid if we open it up to the world. You know, people have ways of kind of creating all sorts of havoc. So we haven't done that. But we had Marla Kaplowitz. Oh, and Whitney's on there. We want the grannies. Oh, my God. Okay, so now what is Whitney talking about the grannies? Okay, so I'm going to move. I'm going to slide over. And there are the grannies. Those of you who know who Bluey is. Those are my grannies from my uh, wild and crazy birthday party. So let me do this. Let me just sit over here. I'm gonna move over. And this is for Max and Sam, of course. I'm moving over so when I speak, you can see the grannies. Those of you who uh, aren't Bluey fans probably don't know who the grannies are, but there's the grannies, right? Those are my guys. Okay, that's uh, Bluey and Bingo dressed up as grannies. Okay, now you got that. I'm sliding back over, guys. I'm sorry, Whitney and Max and Sam, but I, they can, you can see the rest of the guys in the picture. Okay. Anyway, so um, um, Marla Kaplowitz, who's the CEO of a company called Four uh, A's, which is an organization, she's on many different boards and has tremendous leadership skills, and she spoke to us about the future of work. Um, we'll try to put some of it online, but we'll write the article. But just talking about how people's expectations of work is changing, how people want more flexibility, 
how you know the responsibility of leadership the responsibility of employees and how the whole engagement is changing so that was last night I thought that was very very exciting um, uh, so we'll do that but for Valentine's Day let's just do the um, the cardiac stuff so just a few things one thing I'm sure you notice in your own practice is that cardiac CT is really growing the amount of calcium scores something as simple as calcium scores we're doing is significantly increasing we do lots and lots of calcium scores because the internists the GPs all believe it's another good measure you get cholesterol you get uh, other lab values and they look at calcium scoring as a, another lab value another point in being able to monitor patients particularly helpful as you decide whether or not to use statins we also do lots of cardiac CT um, in terms of uh, the ER setting but also in terms of practice patients with chest pain patients being worked up who in the past might have gotten casts or other invasive procedures are now simply going ahead and getting cardiac CT so our cardiac thoracic section is really busy doing those there's a lot of growth and I can't speak about it in detail because I I don't do it personally but MR it's a lot of growth on cardiac MR so non-invasive imaging is really growing now of course one of the challenges for that for radiology is when you have growth and things look successful that's when non-radiologists want to put their uh, little fingers into the pie so I think a lot of places are having some issues with turf battles which of course we've been through 15 years ago when cardiac CT started and my feeling about turf battles is they always cycle everybody looks at making money and how you could do things now cardiac CT truthfully is not the most lucrative process and surely it's not like reading stone studies or rule out pneumonia it takes a lot of time a lot of effort difficult cases um, but people don't really see that part they just say oh we can get more RVUs so I'm sure there's probably something that if it hasn't happened in your institution maybe it will happen maybe it won't depends how lucky you are but we are doing a, lo a lot of a lot of that uh, do you do a okay so it's good to ask questions do you have a cutoff for calcium scoring do you proceed to CTA this is the classic question the, the issue has been shown in many articles that the more calcium you have in the coronary arteries the harder it is to get a perfect CTA interpretation and it also has been shown that if you have a lot of calcium in the coronary arteries there's tremendous inter-observer variability in how people read the studies now in saying that people often would say well we should have a cutoff of a thousand that if a calcium score is over a thousand we don't do the coronary CTA some people have even said above 250 in one article where it showed the variability changing I would say we like almost all people don't really have a cutoff we know that the higher the calcium score the worse it is but often the calcium is in certain areas and you could look at disease in other areas and find significant findings also all of us do know that if I have a calcium score of zero it's much easier for me to look carefully at the vessels now just because you have a calcium score of zero doesn't mean you have you do not have significant coronary artery disease particularly in African Americans remember calcium scoring uh, is much closer tied to a white population than African Americans in the sense that African Americans can have a zero score which is the best score you can have but still have significant disease and Dr. Lai has published on this many people have published on this so it's an important feature to know but it becomes very important um, 
at the higher the score, the more difficult it is to, to really interpret the study. But I will admit, although we've spoken about it, um, we've done scores in 3,000s like everybody else. I think part of the problem is, are you going to, the patient has the IV in, they've had all their pre-meds, they're on the table, are you going to get them off the table and say, I'm sorry, we're not doing this study? Um, many people have thought about it, but I think at the end of the day, we're all doing it. And then in the report, the caveat tends to be patient has a calcium score, which limits the accuracy. So in some sense, that's going to be a challenge, but we are doing all comers, okay? And that's a good question from Praline Dawson. Um, other things in terms of cardiac CT, key things, of course, you know, pre-medication to keep the heart rate down. And it's not even just the heart rate being in the 60s, but it's just the, the tendency for the heart rate to be constant. Also, many patients without pre-meds, they have a low heart rate until you inject the contrast and the heart rate goes from 60 to 90 and you have all sorts of issues. We, in this era of COVID, you need to make certain that your techs are well trained in the sense that we haven't spent as much time with the techs and the techs have worked really hard, but you've been spending so much effort on COVID and not as much on CME. And so you need to make certain everybody's up to snuff. The software has gotten better, whether you use the Siemens or GE or from different vendors, the software has gotten better, easier to use and more accurate. A lot of work with AI is coming along to actually calculate uh, the scores, the stenosis, also to look at the, the, the um, where the uh, calcium is and see if that's a good predictor or see where the stenosis is and see if that's a good predictor. There's lots of work going on with radiomics, looking at that as well. Uh, what more information can you get besides just a simple score? A score of 300 may make a difference if it's one dense plaque or it's like nine plaques that equal 300. So can we learn based on outcomes what's more important? Can we really understand things better? So I think you're seeing a lot, a lot of work being done with AI, looking very carefully at cardiac imaging. And I think it is going to have an impact in that as well. Now, in terms of other things, um, I think one of the important things in terms of cardiac CT, just to remind people, good IV access, saline bowl, saline flush, five to six cc's a second of contrast, whether you're using Visi 320, Omni 350, you need a good bolus, you need a good flush, timing is critical, patient cooperation is critical. You need to be speaking to the patients, make sure they know what they're doing, when to hold their breath, what they need to do. So I think all of that becomes very, very important. Um, and if you do all that, I think you uh, things will really, really be uh, well done. So I think that's very important. Now, um, it's probably a good time to ask questions because I'm probably gonna do this for about 15 minutes this morning and then we'll, we'll sign off. But um, we are posting, and I will post today, a number of different illustrations with cardiac anatomy, a lot of vascular stuff that we'll try to do since February is cardiac month, or at least we made it into cardiac month, we're going to be posting a lot of interesting things and a lot of uh, information that I think you guys will find valuable. So um, th that's kind of uh, where, where we stand right now uh, in terms of doing things. Um, again, one of the things we do ask people is to uh, 
ask us questions, give us suggestions. There's a survey going on on Facebook, on Instagram, basically looking at uh, asking you guys what it is you want to see from us. So that becomes very, very important um, to us for, for allowing us to really um, get the right things for you. So that becomes important. And now I see John Biacchino is from Body CT. John, I'll be in. How's the film? How's the printing in the back there? Um, so, uh, John, we'll see you later. I think John probably will say that uh, it's better to do things at 12 o'clock rather than 7 o'clock because um, John's in CT right now, which is, a, which is a challenge, right? Because we start scanning by 7.30, our first patient's on the table in the hospital and every other place we scan. So it's a little challenging. Um, the beta blocker protocol, um, we don't beta block overnight. Uh, you know, again, the, the, the question is what doses should you do? What I'll do later is I'll post our beta blocking protocol. It is on CTSS. If you look at our cardiac section on CTSS, uh, we do have um, a pretty good description of all the, uh, the drugs we use and the specific protocols for using them and the timing uh, when you give metoprolol, all, all of those things. But we can repost it, and when we finish this talk, I'll try to repost it so everyone can look at all the numbers and they can be precise. And also, it lists our timing, our volumes, and what we do in situations which are difficult, as well as situations when patients have allergies, which is uncommon, but does occur. So with that, John, hope it's not too busy today. I'm on the way. And uh, we thank everybody for joining us. And again, um, we're trying to figure out what time is better, maybe 7 a.m. We have less people on because it's early on the East Coast and on the West Coast, it's 4 a.m. in the morning, so that's not happening. We have a lot of following. Almost 80% of our followers are outside the U.S., so we thought maybe that would help. Uh, since their time you know, in Europe, it's, what time is it now in Europe? In Europe, it's like uh, 11 o'clock in the after, 11 o'clock in the morning. No, no, it's actually noontime. So um, we're thinking of, you know, we're trying to figure out things. And anyway, John, I'll see you later, as John said. And you guys as well, we'll see you later and have a great day.